0: Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning, and welcome to Easter Sunday at My City Church. So glad that you guys are here with us this morning at the Ralston Arena. The fact that you got out of bed to come into church today, I believe that that means that you are expecting and that you are ready and that you are hungry for the word of God today, amen? Amen. We're going to continue at the conclusion of our series, Come to Life. If you haven't had the opportunity to join us these past three weeks, I encourage you to go and retrospect our messages via podcast. You can check out week one, week two, week three, as we really dive into what it means as a believer, as a non-believer, as a person, as a person created in the image of God to move from death to life. And if you have your Bibles today, I'm going to have you open up to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, that's where we're going to be living today. If you have your Bible, just lift it up in the air. Let me see it on this Easter Sunday. If it's on your phone, that's fine too. Hey, come on, come on. Say these words after me. Say, this is my Bible. Say, speak to me, Bible. John chapter 3, we're going to be starting there. It's important that you get into the Word of God. Get into the Word of God on a daily basis. Jesus is the bread of life, and the Word of God is the bread of life as well. And I believe that if we're only living week to week or maybe month to month or year to year on messages that we hear on a Sunday, we're living our whole lives malnourished. So it's important that we get into the Word of God. But we're going to start off with our theme verse today, and that is John chapter 10. This is what we've been talking about for the last three weeks. John chapter 10, verse 10. We'll pull that up real quick we don't have it that's fine there we go right here this is what we've been living in our come to life series uh we've been diving into that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy but I meaning Jesus I have come I have come that you may have life and life have it to the full and I believe that that is available for each and every one of us how do I how do I believe that because I know it to be true And I've seen it happen in my life. And it is my desire that all of you will be like me, except for what I had to go through. But all of you will be like me and be able to see Jesus and live life to the full. And that's what I'm hoping you'll get out of today's message. If you're taking notes in here, write this down. The title of this message today is The Shadows Prove the Sunshine. The Shadows Prove the Sunshine the sunshine. I believe that God is going to speak to you today, but let me pray over this word as we communicate. Father God, here I am as your vessel. Father, I pray that we would be able to see you today. Jesus Christ. God, we were able to see you, the creator of the universe. And no matter what anyone has come in here with, Father God, I pray that they'd be able to lay it at your feet. God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, that we thank you that your word does not return void, but is sharper than a double-edged sword to divide bone and marrow, cutting to our innermost being. And so, Father God, right now, we pray that you would speak to us today so clearly and so true, Father God. We thank you. And right now, church, just open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, say it with some conviction like you're hungry for them. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on. Put your hands together for Jesus this morning. Hey. Hey, I believe that God's going to speak to you today. At the verse that I just shared, John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and life to the fullest. I want you to know today that there is a battle going on for your soul. There is a battle going on. There is a battle going on from good and evil if you would say it light versus darkness all of us like a little bit of a story you know some kind of like a Star Wars you know Jedi versus Sith whatever. but this is the real battle that's going on and it is for your soul and you have a choice today April 17 2022 on whom you will serve you have a choice on what sides you're going to be on you are in the middle of this battle but you also have a choice between light and darkness And I believe that God is here to kind of reveal that to each and every single one of us and be able to share with you how to make that choice today. And I want to start off in John chapter 3, verse 5. John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus is speaking to a man by the name of Nicodemus. He says, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. What he's talking about is we were all born into sin. He's saying that in order for us to come into the light, And to leave the darkness, we have to be born of water and of spirit. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And what I'm here to be able to tell you today is that Christ is saying, hey, you have the choice today to be on the side of light or to be on the side of darkness. And no matter where you've been in your entire life, no matter where you've come from, no matter where you're going, no matter what you came in here with, I believe that God is going to speak to you and give you a revelation on what it means here to move from darkness to life. And so he goes on and he's communicating to this man, Nicodemus, and he's saying, hey, we need to be born of the spirit and of water, not of flesh, because flesh gives birth to flesh. But many of us, what we've been doing in our entire lives, if we have been living out in and through the flesh, I know I was there at one point. I was there living through the flesh. And, Nick, and Jesus goes on just a little bit further, and he starts to communicate, hey, what does this mean to be born of the Spirit? And we pick it up in that famous verse. How many of y'all know it? John three sixteen. You see it at the football stadiums. You see it at the baseball, all on TV. John three sixteen, And he says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whomsoever, whoever in this entire world believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That perish is an eternal death, not a temporary death. We are, it is destined for a man to die once and then judgment. This is talking about an eternal life, shall shall have eternal life and not perish. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And I believe that this is at the core of Christianity, that we are all supposed to see this, that God has came for us, to die for us to pay the price for our sin. And then he continues on in verse 19. That whomsoever believes in him, this is, you know, we kind of stop it at John 3:16. We say, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. But here we pick it up just a little bit further. Jesus dives into this battle that is going on. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life to the full. It says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, meaning Jesus. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Condemned already implies that there is no one good. That we all started in a state. There's no one good, no one, not even one. And where we are at today is we have a choice to stay that way Or to give our lives over to Jesus to be like Jesus. That's what we're all here to do. You know people say, I don't go to that church. That church is full of a bunch of sinners. Well can I tell you, we're all a bunch of imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. And we all have our shortcomings. We all have our failings. As long as we're giving them over to God, I believe that God is transforming our lives each and every day. The goal for us is to be like Jesus. But in order for us to be like Jesus, we have to acknowledge our sins Our insufficiencies and bring them into the light we got to be able to acknowledge the darkness that we've had at one point and bring it into the light and we move on to verse 19 Jesus says this is the verdict light has come into the world but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil I don't know where you're at today but there are some things in life that are actually quite nice to be a part of sin is pleasurable to an extent and Jesus is saying that I have shone light into the world but people love darkness instead of the light and he goes on to the next verse to explain what that means everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed they don't come into the light because they're afraid that their deeds will be exposed. I mean, everyone has something that they're hiding for the most part. But can I tell you that Jesus came that thing that you're hiding or that thing that you're holding on to is actually poison to your life, to your spirit. And Jesus has come to set us free from that. Everyone who hates evil hates the light. Everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of god i want you to leave that up there just for a second here says whoever lives by the truth can i tell you there's a way that we can live by truth or we can live by lies and if we're hiding darkness in our lives we're actually living by lies jesus says the truth shall set us free And I believe that I've lived my life in a point of bondage at one point, and the truth had set me free. And I have a question for you today. If you knew that there was freedom on the other side of your honesty, would you expose the lies that you've believed? If you knew that on the other side of your honesty, if you expose them to God and you had freedom on the other end, would you give them to him? See, but most of us, we choose to live our lives in darkness. Now, darkness is, darkness, don't get too confused with this word darkness. Darkness is is an absence of light. But the thing about light and darkness, now, I could get canceled for this, but they cannot coexist like that bumper sticker on the back of the cars. They don't coexist. The Hindu God, the Muslim God, as much as people want to say, oh, they're all the same God. Jesus Christ said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And we've never heard of darkness pushing back the light. You ever heard of a flash dark? No, it's a flashlight. It doesn't matter how dark a room is. You shine that flashlight and it'll light up the room. Will you open up a dark closet into a lighted room the darkness of the closet doesn't invade the room that has a light no the light of the room invades that closet and I believe in our lives there are things in our lives that we are called to give over to God and I want to talk about this darkness and I want to ask you a question in regards to this the Bible talks a little bit about darkness and in Egypt it talks about a darkness that can be felt a darkness that can be felt and I want to ask you a question have you ever felt darkness have you ever felt darkness? I think if you were really honest with me, you'd say you have. I know I have. My life, my story, I grew up in a Christian household, a Christian home, went to church each and every week. Around the age of 12, I was exposed to pornography. You know, it's, it's basically inevitable uh, in this world that we live in, but it started to grab a hold of me to a point that it started to lead to depression not even just depression, but I would call it severe depression to the point of wanting to end my own life. I tried to shake it. I tried to, I tried to you know, <laughs> what would you say to a depressed person? Well, just smile. You have so many things going for you. It's not really like that. It's like a darkness that you feel. And when we talk about how the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy your life, I believe that I was in the present of that. I was right in the midst of that comes to kill, steal, and destroy your life. This suppression was so heavy upon my life that on December 27, 2007, I wanted to end my own life. I was to the point that, you know what, I'm done. No one cares. No one loves me. That was a lie. I'm stuck in this sin. I can't get out of it. That was a lie. That here I am living in this perpetual state of loneliness and despair. And so I'm saying, hey, the only way out of it is to end my own life. And i was covered and surrounded in darkness but what i found at that very moment in that darkest of darkest of nights that jesus's light shined the brightest in my life and i heard a voice that spoke so clearly it altered the direction of my life from that moment on he said these words to me he said son give me one more chance and it was at that moment that i exposed everything that was in my heart Every, every sort of figurative disease, every sin, everything that so easily entangles, I exposed it to God and I found the loving embrace of a father that no person could give me, no hug could ever give me, no purpose could ever give me. And I can tell you from that moment on, my life has been changed. I believe that Jesus came and set me free right in that moment. Right in the darkest of my nights, he brought the light. And what I find is that some people say, well, the the sacrifice of Jesus has come to set people free. Yes, that's true. He's come to set people free right here, right now. They say, well, why, why did God need to send his only son? Couldn't he just forgive? And it was at that moment that I realized the price that was paid for me. The fact that God had to send his only son. It's not that we don't understand forgiveness, but it's that we don't understand the severity of sin. And what it took to set us free, what it takes to pay the price that ultimately we have walked in. And I share a quick quote with you on what this represents from Anselm of Canterbury. He says, If you think the price paid to redeem you was too great, you have not yet considered the gravity of sin. And I believe that God saw us in our darkest of nights, God saw us in our darkest of days. And he says i'm going to do whatever it takes i don't care the cost i'm going to reunite people with the father and i'm here to tell you and i believe that god has a word for you today no matter what season you are in no matter what you've been going through that the same god that came and set me free on that cold winter night hey (laughs) it's like i'm telling a story on that cold winter night (laughs) that same god is the same god that wants to set you free today And this is what I feel like the Holy Spirit sent me to tell you today, is that God does some of his best work in the dark. That no matter where you're at, God does some of his best work in the dark. You know how I know this? Because I've read my Bible, and I've seen that it's the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. And I go back to how he created the earth in Genesis 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. If I take a moment just to read through my Bible, I can see time and time again where God came to shine light into darkness. I can just think of one man by the name of Joseph who was thrown into a pit. And what the devil meant for evil, God actually used for good. And God actually set him up in Egypt, become the second most powerful man in Egypt, so that he could save the people when a terrible famine came. I can see God, whose people were in bondage in Egypt for 400 years, coming in a short amount of time, making the most powerful nation in the world at that time, bend its knee to set God's people free. I can see the people walking up against an insurmountable impasse, the Red Sea, and God divides the waters to make a way. Can I tell you, if God can divide the waters of the Red Sea, what makes you think that you and he cannot divide the waters in your life? What makes you think that he can't step in the middle of your life and make a way? I can see them starving in the desert and God providing manna from heaven. I can see them thirsty in the desert, and God tells Moses to strike a rock, and the water flows to a people that are parched. I can see men coming into the promised land, and with a big wall in front of them, and God saying, hey, it's so simple, just march around it. And then give it a shout, watch what I can do. Son, give me one more chance. I can see a man by the name of Gideon who rallies up together 32,000 people to set the people of Israel free from the oppressive Amalekites. And God says, hey, 32,000, that's too many. And he dwindles them down to 100 because God works best when there's insurmountable odds against him. You can't outnumber God. I can see a woman by the name of Ruth for her husband dies, and there's no way for her to get married and her family and rather than forsake everything that she's known to go back to the land that she knew she just says hey you will be your god will be my god your people will be my people and see if god doesn't bring a kinsman redeemer by the name of boaz to, to reunite with ruth i can see a man by the name of david just a little shepherd boy calling on his god saying here the philistines are defying the name of the living god and he steps in the middle and says hey god I want you to use me and God shows up with a little shepherd boy in a slingshot and takes down a mighty warrior named Goliath some of you may know this story of King Hezekiah this is actually a really cool story because you can see it in the history books the king of Assyria was surrounding Jerusalem and he was on a conquest there's a big pillar that they took out of battle on that talked about all the cities that the king of Assyria took over and Jerusalem was not one of them it just said he decided to leave because the kings at that time never talked about their defeats. But the Bible shares what it was about. They besieged Jerusalem over with 185,000 people. And Isaiah prophesies to Hezekiah, King Hezekiah, and says, hey, this time tomorrow, the enemy will be no more. Tell you what, God can do a lot in a short amount of time. Son, give me one more chance. And at that night, 185,000 people. The Bible says that God sent an angel and struck down 185,000 people that were besieging the city. If you ever feel like you're surrounded, tell you what, it just takes a moment for God to set you free. I can think of Esther, who was a woman that was available for God, and God saved the people through her. I can think of Daniel in the lion's den crying out for God in the darkest of nights, and God's closing the mouths of the lions. I can think of those three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, thrown into the fiery furnace, and God doesn't show up till the last moment, but he shows up and sets them free. I can think of Lazarus who's been dead for three days and God opens up the tomb and says, Lazarus, we're not done, come out. I can think of all these dark times, that's just to name a few. I can think of when Jesus was dying on the cross in Matthew 27, verse 45. It was from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness covered all the land. In the middle of the day, darkness covered the earth. About three in the afternoon. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God stepped into a dark moment so that he could set people free from a dark moment. Can I tell you God does some of his best work in the dark. Then he dies. End of story. Or so we thought. The Sabbath comes. And if you understand Sabbath, Saturday, it's a Friday night to a Saturday night. So they took Jesus off the cross, they put him into a tomb. And they weren't allowed to go visit this tomb for over 24 hours. So here it is Friday night. They have Sabbath, they're sitting in their home. Saturday's just quiet and silent. And they're just thinking, yeah, this man we thought that was the Messiah is no more. And so here, this one lady by the name of Mary Magdalene is like, I can't wait to just go visit the tomb and put some things on him because he changed my life. And so Saturday night comes and it's too dark now so she has to wait another 12 hours before the sun rises this morning like 6 a.m., Resurrection Sunday. And can I tell you even in your darkest of nights those shadows that you're going through proves that there is a sunshine. Those shadows that you are experiencing proves that there is a sunshine and Jesus has come to bring you in to the light and we pick up in John chapter 20, verse one. This is Mary Magdalene. Early on the first day of the week, when was it? While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So here it is, it's still dark, and God was moving. It's dark, and God was moving. In the middle of the night, they didn't even know it, But God was moving, and I'm here to tell you today that God does some of his best work in the dark. And in your life, God does some of his best work in the dark. While it was still dark, God was moving. Do you see it? Do you see it? That weeping may be during in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And if you're not dead, God's not done. And if you're in this place and you're going through that same darkest of darks and nightest of nights, and you're feeling, I don't even know, I know what happened on that December 27th day. I gave my life fully over to Jesus. I said, it's no longer I live, God. You who You live through me. I was trying my own endeavor, my own desires, and I gave my life over to Jesus. And if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Eli, I wanna give my life over to Jesus. I want to give you a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. It was just a prayer. I was just in my bedroom and I said, God, I give my life over to you. I may not know what you're going through, but I know God does. And he's here to tell you today. He says, give me one more chance. If you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Eli, that's me. I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand in just a moment because I want to say a prayer with you. Now, it's not this prayer that realigns you with God or aligns you with God that saves you, but it's the condition of your heart saying, God, I give you my life. So if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Eli, that's me, I'm gonna have you lift up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift up your hand, lift up your hand. I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you so much for listening today, and we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.